It's week five of the Coach Mac podcast, and we've got a lot to talk about. So Jim McElwain joins us discussing all sorts of things with sports coming back. The last two episodes of the Michael Jordan doc, we get into how his team's doing and getting prepared for that hopeful upcoming season. Then we've got Cooper Rush that joins us, the former great quarterback for Central Michigan from 2013 to 2016. Then, of course, going into the NFL for the Dallas Cowboys and just signed off of waivers a couple of weeks ago by the New York Giants. So a lot going on in Cooper Rush's life. We'll talk to him about CMU and much, much more. Reminder, you can listen to this podcast each week on CMUChippewas.com. Find it on social media, Facebook or Twitter. Search CMU Athletics or CMU Football. Or you can download and subscribe on Google Play and the Apple Podcast app. And we certainly would love if you'd leave us a review or a rating. Let us know what you like about checking in each week and talking some Central Michigan football. All right, let's get it rolling. It's week five. Here's the Coach Mac podcast. What's new this week, Coach Mac? Well, you know what? I, I, the, it's uh, another week and another podcast. I mean, this is a uh, this is. Uh, beginning to be a lot of fun we uh you know i can't help but think you know with this rain we've been getting and you know thinking about those people up in midland right now and just you know uh with those dams bursting and wow you know i mean all the things going on and and uh, you know it's amazing how strong we all are yeah we're facing quite a bit of adversity here in 2020 aren't we yeah it's uh <laughs> it's starting to load up a little bit and yet you know what? There's some uh, there's some things on out there that that are starting to pop open. Um, you know, it's it's great to hear that that Northern Michigan has kind of been relaxed a little bit. Uh, you know, and allowing them to to kind of start back uh, as we move forward with the different phases. And uh, you know that you know think about some of the live sports that have actually started to trickle back. Uh, did you get a chance to watch any of that? Uh, golf skins match uh, the other day you know what I didn't watch that one but uh, I used to play soccer before I went into this broadcasting career so the Bundesliga is back out in Germany I'm, I'm not gonna lie I did catch one of the games uh, that came back last week so I got my my fill of sports from that but I know golf and soccer and there was some NASCAR back so you had a little bit to choose from if you're a sports fan you know and then uh, you know the late night you can catch uh you can actually catch a Korean league, uh, <laughs> professional baseball without any fans in the stands. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, it, it was, it was actually good to kind of watch and, and, uh, see some baseball and, and, um, you know, I think that there's some really good things, you know, it, it, it beats the heck out of watching that, uh, cornhole championships <laughs> that, that I've been watching and, uh, realize that, I'm not really good at that game watching these guys. That's what I was about to say. You probably don't like it because you, you may not be up to snuff. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I believe the, the fundraiser golf tournament coming up with, with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods, I think that's coming up this weekend. So I think that'll be even more intense because those guys have been talking a little bit amongst each other and they've some there's been some rah-rah and go on between those four. So I think that's going to be exciting to watch for people. Yeah, I do too. And, and like I said, more than anything, I think, uh, you know, we're finding out, um, you know, in all of sport, you know, that the, you know, people really enjoy it and it's a great release and, and to see these things kind of start easing back a little bit. Um, you know, I really am, am excited about the direction 
that we're headed and, and really the positivity that's coming out of it. And even some of the things, you know, and as it refers to, you know, football in the fall, you know, and, and people talking about getting back and those type of things, I think it's really exciting. You talked about watching some of the sports, Coach, uh, without any fans, Korean Baseball League or, you know, golf or anything like that. Yeah, there was nobody to heckle the umpire. It was crazy. <laughs> you know, it was, it was – and, and you know what? Those are pretty cool little stadiums that they're playing in that, that – you know, so uh, – but, yeah, it, it – uh, being able to – you know, just be able to see something live like that is great. Yeah, even uh, I think Korean Baseball League, because you've got the shot behind home plate and it looks a little different, you know, as opposed to football when you're looking at the field and you may be able to eliminate showing the stands and who's there. But baseball, you get the backdrop right there in that pitching view and they put some fake <laughs> fans there in the background to make it look like the stadium was more full. <laughs> you know, uh, whatever it takes, right? It's... Uh... You know, you, you just enjoy the creativity. And, and I think more than anything, you know, that through this pandemic that, that we're all going through, I think, you know, really our resiliency and more than anything, our creativity uh, and, and the things that we're learning, you know, as we move forward, um, you know, have, have, have actually been healthy in some ways. Can you imagine, uh, and you guys potentially, you go to Nebraska, Northwestern, or uh, any of the other road trips in the MAC this year, Northern Illinois, wherever you might be, that you could potentially go if we play with no fans, and you guys might not be heckled coming out of the locker room. That'd be quite the relief, wouldn't it? You know, I don't know. I can't. <laughs> I'm one of those guys that really enjoys playing on the road because it, it, there's something about when you're getting booed like that that kind of energizes you but uh you know i guess the one bright spot is we don't have to spend too much time on silent cadence you know and, and the things that the crowd actually brings to it but uh you know it'll be really interesting to see where the different states go and 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 how this kind of moves forward i um you know you, you listen to some of the sports that are actually getting back and and doing some practicing and and that kind of thing. So, um, you know what, it's, it's, it's really good. It's good for all of us. And, you know, I know our team, you know, although right now is, is really their break from uh, finals until, you know, the, the summer program really hits it, uh, you know, going, I know our guys are excited and, and getting ready to go. And, and uh, that's been fun. I tell you, watching our team, uh, you know, through our, our, our different video shares and, and seeing what they're doing as far as taking care of themselves, um, which is one of the most important things, uh, because taking care of themselves is really going to help all the people around them. And, and uh, you know, it's been really good to see. And, and I was excited about, you know, our grade reports. We had a lot of guys that made huge strides and, and finished strong. So my hat's off to our academic people and our assistant coaches that you know, maintain, you know, daily contact with them and, and keep them motivated. That, that's really one of the pieces. I think uh, even you, Adam, probably, you know, finding things, you know, with it, as you're a sports junkie, right. That, yeah. that you know, keeps you kind of motivated. I, you know, I'd be interested to hear a little bit, what the heck you've been doing uh, with some of this as, as you're kind of quarantined in your home. I'm going stir crazy coach. <laughs> <laughs> 
I tell you what, I have got uh, – there's a couple things. I've been working out a lot. You know, I'm trying to – I feel like there's one side of the spectrum of this quarantine, right? You're either going to come out uh, 100 pounds heavier or you're going to be in the best shape of your life. And, well, uh, just, just I'm going to stop you there real quick. <laughs> just, uh, just let you know that your eligibility is over. Oh, right. it is. So if, if you're trying to come back right now, you know, let's 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 make sure we know what we're doing. Right. Uh, but, coach, I don't know if ahead. you heard. I, w- I was a soccer player. There's no chance I'd make it on the football field. I'd get crushed. <laughs> I got you. All right. <laughs> No, but uh, I've been going on a lot of runs through campus. I mean, this is the perfect time throughout the summer being up here in Mount Pleasant where it's a little less busy and there's not obviously a ton of students walking on campus. So I've been doing a lot of long runs just right up the middle of campus, and it is absolutely gorgeous. The other thing that I've been doing just broadcasting-wise related to Central Michigan is I've found myself going back and watching old games, and we're talking really old games, like before I was born of Mm -hmm. one of our most prestigious alums, Dick Enberg, just watching some of the old championship basketball games. You remember, you were at Michigan State for a while, but back in 79 with Magic and Bird playing against each other in 1979, Dick Enberg called that game. So I've been re-watching some of the old games he called just because he was so good at what he did and just trying to pick up on little nuances that he did so well and trying to add them to my own style as hopefully sports will be coming back soon and I'll get to call some games again. You know, one of the great things in a, in a guy like Dick Edinburgh, you know, who is so iconic to sports and yet how he paint, he could paint a picture even when you're watching it. But even if you hear some radio broadcasts, um, you know, it makes you feel like you're there. And those are the great ones, obviously, that are able to do that. But, you know, you talk about that 79 game uh, or championship game between Magic and Bird, Michigan State and Indiana State. A little bit of trivia here that it was actually the last Final Four to ever be played like on a campus venue. It was in Salt Lake City, Utah. And from then on, they went to the big domes, you know, as far as that piece and really kind of the last final four that was in one of those intimate settings, you know, I, I 20, whatever, 20 to 25,000 people uh, sat there in Salt Lake city and, and uh, watched what are two of the greatest, uh, you know, two players uh, ever. And, and you talk about a Cinderella story. Let's talk about Indiana State, right? right? So, yeah, that 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 makes a good. So, tell me a little bit, just you know. So, was it his delivery? Was it what 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 really set him apart? As you kind of studied Enberg. Yeah, I think you mentioned it, Coach. Uh, his versatility was phenomenal, whether you're talking about TV or radio or sports. I mean, he, he was doing all the biggest games. Like, that was the toughest thing. I mean, he was going to do all the big tennis tournaments. Uh, he did football. He did basketball. He, of course, did baseball for so long. I mean, you name the sport. He was hosting game shows. Like, he was just so versatile. And uh, I think – you knew as soon as you saw him on your television or you heard his delivery, he was just in great command. And he just had a great smile. Like, he just looked like he belonged on TV, like he should have been in front of the camera. And I think that that type of infectious personality, that it's sports, right? You're supposed to enjoy sports. And you could certainly tell that he enjoyed calling and covering the sports, and he loved his job. Well, I know that, uh, you know, we, we pass his shrine every day. Um, you know, in, in our facility where 
you know, the Enberg Academic Center uh, that he was so gracious to help with. And, and uh, you know, really a true Central Michigan Chippewa that cared so much about his alma mater and what it did for him. And, and really a lesson uh, more than anything is, is the ability to give back. Um, you know, I just, you know, thank him and, and what he was able to do to really put us in. And when you think about it, that degree on the map a little bit. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, you, you think of Central Michigan and some of the, you know, top people to come out of this university. He's certainly up there, and he loved it. He really did. You know, you, you see some people that, that make it big, and they may not uh, talk about where they came from as much, but he was never shy to bring it up. I remember he came back, and I think the Padres were playing the Tigers, and, and he was filling in. He did a couple of Tiger games before he passed away on FSD, and he couldn't stop talking about being back in Michigan and, and going up to Central Michigan and visiting the campus. And obviously, like you mentioned, he gives back, and he was a big part of the, the academic side. So for all the right reasons, uh, Dick Enberg was a tremendous ambassador for this university. Well, you know what I'm excited to hear is that you just haven't been sitting there staying the same, right? Because yeah. every day we either get better or worse. We never stay the same. And that's something we talk to our team about all the time is – is no matter what the circumstances are, you know, in some way, try to better yourself in, in, in everything that you do. And, and, um, you know what, it's great to hear that you're doing that, 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 that's exciting. Yeah, no, it's been good. You know, I think you've touched on it before. You, you, you either take the, the negative spin on, you know, being affected by the coronavirus and, oh, woe is me. Uh, I can't do what my normal life and what I was used to doing, or you take the opposite end, the, the glass half full perspective, as you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, coach, and you take this time to, to reach out to people and, you know, spend time or, or talk with your family or, or do other things that, you know, normally be working in the world of sports, as you know, you just don't have as much time to do because you're on the go all the time. So it has been, like I said, I'm going a little stir crazy here because it's been a while, but uh, it's been nice to kind of enjoy some downtime and, and focus on some other things. Well, I got to say, I'm just excited for, you know, the, the, the people that are, you know, starting to open back up, um, giving them an opportunity to, you know, put this behind them a little bit and, and start to move forward. And, and uh, you know, it's it's so hard on the people and the businesses and, and all the things. And, and yet, you know, I think the important piece is, uh, you know, just keeping in mind whatever we can do to stay safe. And, and that's really what it's all about. Yeah, that's the main goal. And, and you talked about it, Coach, a little bit. I, I wanted to touch on it just just uh, a little bit more before we bring our guest in is the, the folks in Midland. I mean, uh, some of the pictures and the videos and being up here in Mount Pleasant, you know, about 10, 15 miles west of downtown, uh, certainly thinking about all of that community. And uh, I know there's a lot of student athletes uh, at Central Michigan that, that came out of the, the Midland community. So that's home for them on top of spending a lot of time just 10 to 15 miles west, but uh, thinking of their families and everybody because the, the pictures and the videos of how much water is, is flooding that area is just really uh, crazy to look at and, and see how they're trying to, to deal with that. No, and, and uh, you know, I, 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 you, know you, you go through things like that, and, and um, you know, it's just hard to imagine, especially when it affects people you know, and, and in our case, you know, an area that's so close and so important to Mount Pleasant, and that's the city of Midland. 
no doubt about it. Coach, I did want to ask you one more thing before we, we bring on our guest here. I know uh -huh. you're, you're a big basketball guy, and uh, the docu-series that everyone's been following along, it came to a conclusion on Sunday. What were your final thoughts on uh, the Jordan doc? Well, I just – I think, you know, first and foremost, you know, just being a fan of, of the game, you know, and and really giving us something to look forward to on Sundays. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I thought, I thought, you know, what, a, what a, what a great time to have that. And, and, uh, you know, that, you know, and it, and it gave you something to visit with your family about. And, and, you know, I, I go back, you know, that, that look behind the curtain a little bit, um, you know, the, the, the different lives that he touched, um, obviously the, anytime you're talking about a, a franchise that that was as successful in that time um you know just to see how it ticked a little bit i i i think it was fantastic i think it was good for everybody and and got a chance to to know a little bit maybe what it was like um you know during those years and you know wow you know being able to make that run when you knew it was really the last dance you know i think that that was you know i I really go back to, you know, how Phil Jackson kind of kept that thing together. Right. Um, and, you know, then the dealing with the personalities at that level is, is unbelievable. I mean, can you imagine having one of your starters just uh, skip a practice to go be in a World Wrestling Federation uh, show? You know, I mean, I, I'm like, how does that work? But the guy comes back and has an unbelievable game. So, um no, it's just it's it's crazy, and and you relive those things. So, uh, you know, I was happy for it. It was good to see, and brought back a lot of memories, and and actually created some really good talk, um, just about different things in all of sport. Um, I think it was great. I got to put you on the spot here. You know, I'm not going to let you off the hook now. If Jordan and Pippen and Steve Kerr and and the whole gang is back together after that '98 season. With Phil Jackson, you think they win a seventh title the next year? Here's the thing. You know how tired they were. And it wasn't just as much physical as probably the emotional piece. But I would say this. If they all banded together, all right, and said, okay, we did this. Now now we know the uncertainty's over. Let's come back and just do it one more time. Um it had been interesting what maybe little part they would have brought in, you know, uh, you know, that, that, that maybe they would have needed to make that last season run. And yet, you know, I, I, I think it was, it would have been hard for any of them based on the original ultimatum at the beginning of the season, you know, to, to ever come back in, in, and do that. But, uh, you know, I, after watching that, I certainly wouldn't have doubted Michael Jordan and his teammates uh, figuring out how to get a win. I think that's the, the coolest thing looking back is seeing all the great players that he beat along his path to win those championships. I mean, he, he basically ended the, the Magic Johnson and the Lakers to get that, that title. And then, of course, he had, to, he had to go through Larry Bird and the Celtics. And, you know, then you go up to Charles Barkley. And then you've got uh, the mailman in Stockton out there in Utah. I mean, he was going through everybody. And to think they would have gone back the next year, that was the starting of – 
Greg Popovich and yeah, that, that San right. Antonio dynasty. So, like, yeah. the guys that he beat, Isaiah Thomas and the Pistons, when they finally got past him, he really took out some of the best players in the game to win those rings. You know, and, and you see his drive. Yeah. In, in, and more than anything, I mean, let's face it, maybe some of the things he had to make up to get himself motivated, right, uh, you know, that, that – that drove him to be successful. I just, uh, that, that, that spirit was unbelievable. But one of the things, you know, that, that really hit me was after that last game um, and Carl Malone walking onto the bus Mm -hmm. and shaking his hand. um, You know what, that, that, that really touched me as far as one of the greatest pieces of sportsmanship um that that you know we wouldn't have ever known right and uh i i just that that was something that you know puts me that you know that guy in my all-time hall of fame uh just for that gesture and that's the second year too i mean this is malone and the jazz are finally back in the in the championship again trying to defeat the bulls for a second year you know that they're frustrated after they lose on their home court and they were up late, ready to force a game seven. And uh, you're, you're absolutely right. He's Him and the team have to be devastated at that point. But to still go back on the on the bus and say congratulations to one of the best in the game and, and a guy that obviously talked a lot on the court, he let you hear about how his and his team were really good. That, that was really special to watch that from Malone. I think the one thing, you know, you, you, you get tired of the talk sometime, um, and yet he's the one guy that could back it up, right? Yeah. Um, his actions spoke louder, you know, than any words. And just by his performance and and to see what he was able to do, you know, day in and day out. And the fact that, you know, you, you – <laughs> There, there was no word as load management. I mean, Michael Jordan knew that he had to play his tops. He knew that the fans came no matter what arena he was in to come watch him. And he went out and truly performed uh, as hard as he could at all times. And, and when he would maybe be a little off, wow, did he come back at a fury the next game, whatever that game might have been, right? Right. Um, I, I just that, – that – that in itself, I think, speaks volumes for, um, you know, somebody's inner fire, somebody's uh, will uh, to be great. That's got to be somebody, Coach, that you would just love to have that type of personality as a player on your team, to be able to coach someone like that that has that inner drive, that any little thing can set them off, and they just seem to have that tick every time they step on the football field that they're ready to go. Yeah, you know, I've, I've – been fortunate to be around some of those guys and and you know one of the thing to me that that sets those guys apart also is it's not just when the lights come on these guys are practice players and they they take practice you know and 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 honing their craft and that was one of the things you pick up too i mean he was as competitive in practice to to get his team better right then uh that that obviously would carry over to the game yeah i think you saw that certainly in his regular practices but when he went out to to film space jam he wanted the the court made for him so he could have some of the best nba players came out and then of course the dream team practices when 
he said him and Magic, I mean, they did the interviews that they were they were talking back and forth with the practices and the scrimmages that they had. So you're absolutely right. He certainly had that competitive drive. Hey, I have one request for you, Coach. Uh, uh-huh. When you go on those road trips this year, don't uh-huh. be ordering any pizza for the guys, okay? <laughs> That's right. We, we, you know what? We, we'll make sure. Kind of a, a little story. We uh, remember the first time we played in what was called the Border War for the for the bronze boot when I was at Colorado State, and, and we play up at Wyoming. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a huge rivalry out there and, and one that goes back a lot of years. And, and I can remember going up and, and – the first time and and uh weren't treated real well whether it was at the hotel uh whether it was whatever um the next time we went up you know it was about an hour and a half drive i said we were playing a day game but i said you know what we aren't we aren't going up there we're gonna <laughs> stay at our own hotel we, we actually loaded up our own water in our gator gatorade coolers from from uh, fort collins and took everything up there and just went the day of the game and probably played the best we ever played. So, um, you know, I, I, I get that. Um, that definitely you, you wonder sometimes what you can trust when you go on uh, the opposing, uh, you know, team's home city. Stay away from Laramie if you're a Colorado State fan, huh? That's exactly right. Well, Coach, we are excited to bring in our guest this week, another former Chippewa and uh, another guy that's in the NFL, Cooper Rush, a teammate of Tyler Conklin's. We're ready to bring him on the show. I'm this is I'm really excited about this, you know, and getting getting the uh, X chips on, man. That that uh, and, and you know what, none of them are X because they all come back. And Cooper's been back on campus and and has 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 been involved with us since we've been there. And I just am so appreciative of that. And I'm really looking forward to diving into this one a little bit and. Maybe getting some of those secrets from the huddle, don't you think, Adam? <laughs> I think we're going to have to ask him about some of those. All right, man. Cooper Rush, welcome to the podcast. How you doing, sir? Good. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, Cooper, it's Coach Mac, and, and i got to say how excited I am that you're on. And, you know, we've, we've got a bunch of questions that the Chippewa fans would love to have, but uh, – you know, I, I, I got to say this. I'm sure that this podcast is probably getting you ready for that New York media right now, right? I mean, <laughs> hard-hitting questions, don't you think? Yeah, that's a whole other animal up there. I need, need some prep. <laughs> that's right. You know, before we even head into, you know, some of the football stuff, uh, I've just got to ask you on a personal note with all the things that are going on. Uh, tell me what the wedding plans are, man. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, obviously been crazy uh, change of events. Um, we're supposed to get married June 20th in Chicago. So, unfortunately, Illinois is like one of the last states to be opening. So, as a family type of deal, uh, but we're still going on with it. We're getting married no matter what. So, looking forward well, to it. Congratulations, man. You'll love it. And, uh, you know what? I'm excited for you as you start that part of your life. But, uh, you know, I really as a quarterback during this time and in the transition, you know, tell me how much it's, it's good to be kind of with Jason Garrett, uh, somebody, you know, real well, obviously from your last stop. Yeah, it's, it's huge. It's, a uh, you know, obviously comfortable with the system, uh, knowing what's going on, knowing all the ins and outs of it and can really help, uh, the guys that are learning. For so I'm, uh, feels good. So with your, um, 
you know, with the playbook itself, the terminology piece, is there going to be some carryover for you that, that helps in that transition? Yeah, definitely. It was, it was his system in Dallas. Um, you know, he put it in there and now he's bringing it up there. So, uh, you know, it'll be, not, there's little things here and there, you know, changed up, but for the most part, the general structure is pretty the same. I know as a quarterback, uh, you know, the nomenclature, the, the verbiage, you know, sometimes you find yourself, okay, that they're calling this, that, you know, so I've got to you know, kind of retrain my mind and it's, it's almost like a foreign language. Uh, you know, even that transition, when you think when you went from the chips into the NFL, tell me about kind of how you handled that transition and, and who impacted the, the transition for you? Yeah. Um, you know, lucky for me, what we ran under Coach Ellis and when uh, Coach Bono was there, was you know, a lot of pro-style stuff. So at least you're used to it a little bit, staying along, playing the huddle, own the huddles type of intangible type things. Um, so there's a lot of carryover in terms of those kind of mechanics. And then just learning, you know, what, you know, like you said, what they call what and how it relates to what you need to call it. And, uh, you know, you just practice literally hold down the script and say it out loud over and over again. <laughs> You know, I always tell the, the quarterbacks, you know, before when I coach them is is take the script, stand in front of a mirror and say it out loud. Talk through it. Uh, say it how you're going to say it in the huddle, because really the command of that huddle as a quarterback is so, so important. Um, tell, tell me a little bit about that huddle piece, you know, and, and some of the things some of the things that are real important, you know, that go on in the huddle. That maybe the fans don't really know. Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, extremely important. Those guys can can sense everything. They can sense if you know the stuff you're talking about. If you're confident about the play you're calling, um, even if you think it's a bad play, you gotta call it like you think it's a good one. <laughs> <That's> uh, <right. laughs> you're running the show. It's your show. Whether you're at the ones, twos, or threes, or scout team, you're running the huddle. Uh, you're the guy. The guys are looking to and. That's part of the fun position of being quarterback. You know, that's what kind of why you sign up for it. You get to do that. You're in charge. You're in command. Like that role. You know the, the you know you your your high school days. You know at, at Lansing Catholic and and you know being able to actually throw it like you did. I mean, that had to be a lot of fun playing there as well. Yeah, Coach Hearn was great. Uh, he got there my sophomore year. Said we're gonna run this spread thing and throw it all around. <laughs> Um, it was awesome. We were fortunate we had some really good athletes. Uh, my class and the class under us were really good. Um, so I got a lot of yak, a lot of screens go for 80 yard touchdowns, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're throwing it around and definitely translate a little bit. You know, you taught, you know, really, really good on you know, who's your movement key on this throw or this pattern or concept and kind of learning the basics of that. You know, you, you talk about the movement keys, uh, and really where you're at now and, and really the what's happening now with the RPO game. Uh, how's the transition with some of that RPO stuff gone for you as it's kind of snuck up into the NFL? Yeah, it's definitely a big part of the NFL now. It's just a, it's a way to get the running game going. And, uh, I mean, the last couple of years learning it, um, and we never did in college like every other college does now. So it's a little foreign to me. Uh, but I mean, there's definitely advantages of it and there's some better than others, but, uh, I think it's a good thing. You know, I, I, uh, I, I know this, it really forces defenses to be a little more sound. 
And have you noticed, I guess, more than anything, just how much more man coverage you're getting? Yeah, the NFL, it's like they pay those guys, guard uh, guys man-to-man, -man, that's kind of thing, you know. Uh, especially third downs. You know, you'll run into teams that still do a lot of their exotic zone stuff, but a lot of it's, you know, five-man rush, line up and cover those guys. Uh, <laughs> really, which really makes you know you have to be accurate. I mean, all that stuff, so. How have you handled now during this? I mean, you guys have been going through OTAs virtually, I guess, um, and, and meetings that way. Uh, tell me how that's been for you in this transition. Yeah, it's definitely different. We've been just doing Zoom calls, kind of virtual meetings, I guess, like the rest of the organizations in the country. And uh, it's definitely different, but I think they've done a great job of, you know, still like seeing film up there and talks about it and shares a screen and all that. And it's kind of like you're in the room, uh, still in some plays, going through PowerPoints. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's really different, yet um, the thing I've noticed for our own team as we do them, and, and we're getting ready for our OTAs actually right now that, that would happen here in the summer. But really, our, our guys are kind of used to, you know, the the, <laughs> the video, the the social messaging and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, have you noticed where the, where the rookies, were they, were they in tune on, on what was going on uh, during all those zoom calls? Yeah. I mean, they the actual zoom itself is pretty easy for everyone. It's obviously a learning curve for some of the coaches, <laughs> but the, uh, <laughs> the part's pretty incredible. Those guys, IT guys getting it all together. And it's been pretty smooth. Well, I got to tell you, I'm glad that we have J Mac because uh, my uh, prior to all this, my, my knowledge of all this stuff was horrible. But uh, the the IT guys, they really, they, you know, you really find out, you know, really what they do now and and how important they are in, in everything that we're doing. Um, you know, uh, you know, I've got to ask you this because I was actually, uh, you know, a, a, about a game that you played with the chip was, uh, and I forget what bowl game we were in or bowl prep we were in, but. I can remember watching this game down in the Bahamas where Central Michigan was down by, you know, almost like, hey, do I turn the channel, right? Um, just kind of go through how that comeback and how that happened. Uh, you know, the Chippewa fans love that game and, and what it did and, and really what you did in that game. Kind of recount that in our lives uh, through your eyes. Yeah, it was a wild one. We're getting our butts kicked. I think they scored in their first seven possessions. And, you know, it's it was weird. It wasn't until, like, the late third quarter we got going. We still were able to come back. The next thing you know, we're like, okay, we're down 28 now. Okay, now we're down 21. Big deal, whatever. And then, oh, shoot, now we can – wait, we're down 14. We're down seven. And all of a sudden, like, oh, now we have a game. Like, it really was just, like, we were just playing ball, executing. And, you know, they got a little tired. Definitely – uh, in better shape, and it really showed up in that second half. They just were gassed on defense and on offense. They stopped moving the ball. Uh, so our conditioning levels going into bolt, like during pro bolt prep, really helped. <clears throat> but uh, it was one play at a time. Guys were making a lot of plays. And, you know, you're kind of you're down that much in a bowl game. You're like, oh, crap, you know, send it in, go home. But we were kind of just like, you know, let's just keep playing, having fun playing football, executing, executing plays, and it turned out all right. Well, I tell you, there's nothing like it when those things are clicking like that. You can feel the momentum. I think, you know, one of the things, you know, in, in whatever sport you play, 
you know, that momentum plays such a important role. Could you feel the other team kind of climbing up a little bit? Yeah, definitely. They were, they were gassed on defense. I mean, we were having all day to throw around the rock. You know, I think when they got down to like 14 or something, they were definitely, oh, crap. And they even they threw it, I think. And they, were, they were in four minutes. They made an interesting mistake. They threw it. The clock stopped. So I don't know what that – I don't know what they're trying to do. I think a little bit of panic. That clock management, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. Well, you know, I, you know, obviously there was a late throw in that game. And, and one that we talked about last week on the show uh, – you know, Adam, I don't, I don't, for whatever it's worth, this guy's in love with this Oklahoma State game, okay? Because you've got to kind of take us through that piece. Adam, i got to let you go ahead and kind of review this one. Go ahead, Adam. Yeah, well, I don't mean to, you know, siren myself here, but I did happen to be in the corner of the end zone where Corey Willis scored. So that one, uh, that one's near and dear to my heart. Coop, I got to ask you about uh, who you threw it to, because if we go back to the Bahamas Bowl, you found your guy, Jesse Kroll, and he started that crazy lateral. And then you threw it to the same guy in the Oklahoma State play. Uh, In the huddle, did you know, or coming out of the huddle, did you you have a plan that you thought you were going to throw it to Jesse Kroll? Because when we talked to Ty Conk last week, he said you guys just had tremendous chemistry. And obviously, the last time you were in that situation in the Bahamas Bowl, it worked out when you threw it to him. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely designed to put the best jumper, the biggest receiver, best hands, all that. So he was definitely both both scenarios is to put him at the certain spot in the in the in the pattern where he can go grab it. Um, it's get the ball to Jesse, then the guys just make plays. That's, yeah, that was both of them. The catch was better in the Bahamas. I mean, he lost like two guys, but wow, the, the catch and then falling down to pitch at the same time. Yeah, is probably the most incredible athletic plays I've seen. Like. Just the presence of mind and like the ability to do that as you're falling. Um, but he had a great feel on the uh, Oklahoma State one. He's like, I'm gonna slow down here. I'm not gonna run into these five guys on the goal line. And we just kind of like, you know, a lot of people oh, wait to get in the end zone, but sometimes they're all waiting there. If you throw it short, at least you can start making a play. We talked to Tyler last week. He said he was wide open on the seam route in that Oklahoma State play. <laughs> I think they actually did drop him. I think. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, it's interesting what you talk about, you know, in the, in some of those Hail Mary type situations where when you practice them and, and obviously every week you practice a certain sequence of plays that may come up at the end. But, you know, one of the things people don't really realize is how many times do you see a guy throw it out of the back of the end zone? You know, <laughs> you, mentioned, you know, I, you know, we, we, we always carry a rule that it's got to be no more than five yards in the end zone to the goal line. And yep. You know, just to give you that extra room to play. So, man, that that, that is a great one. I, not get this will be really interesting for you. I mean, you're you're going into a, you know, obviously a situation that that's going to have some patriot way on it. You know, and Joe Judge, who uh, you know is the new head coach there with the Giants, and he was actually our special teams analyst for those four years I was at Alabama. Uh, great guy and. Uh, Tell me what some of the things that, that he's been able to do a little bit from a team standpoint, uh, it, you know, early, you know, you haven't had an OTA yet, but, you know, in person. But what are some of the things he's bringing to the table? Yeah, I mean, we're still at team meetings through Zoom where he's running it. Um, you know, he's just laying out the plan. I think he's 
you know, I've only obviously been there a few weeks and only a few meetings with him, but the plan's very clear. The standard's very clear. Uh, I think he's attacking it. You can tell he's prepared for it. Um, things like that you can pick up on. And, you know, kind of what to expect every day when you're in the building, every day when you go out of the building, uh, and what to bring to the team. And I think he's, uh, you know, he's going to be great. Man, that, that's good to hear. Joe's a good friend and got a great family and, and really was excited when he got this opportunity. He's really worked his way up. So that's, that's, that's great to see. But, uh, you know, Coop, when you're, when you're doing this, have you heard any word yet when you may, you know, try to get, you know, together in some form as a team, have they given you any indication or? Yeah, we haven't heard anything. Um, I know that it depends. All 32 cities have to be able to go back together. Uh-huh. of advantage side of it. Um, I know some, I guess some facilities are reopening, but coaches can't go in yet. You can't do things like that. No team, team activities. Um, right. So that, I guess it's when all the cities are ready and probably looking like camps to be honest, but we'll see. Sure. sure. Well, and I think we're all in that boat. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you're dealing with a smaller group of, of teams when you think about 32. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the importance of the National Football League. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the good news is there's a lot of positives uh, pointing to, uh, you know, allowing us maybe to, you know, get back at it. It won't be maybe exactly like we're used to. But, uh, you know, I know I know watching our guys on and, and being in our team Zoom meetings and, and those type of things, you know, I, I think you're finding a lot of players – are really missing that camaraderie of the team. Do you agree? Definitely. You kind of take it for granted and you don't see anybody or hang out. Because I guess in sports, you're fortunate enough literally every day to go hang out with your best friends, you know, in a, just a guy environment. You know, like my locker was kind of special. You know, there's no other place in the world like it, no business like it, no office building. It's kind of, you definitely miss just hanging out and the, the working together type thing. It's you know a lot better to go run teammates and by yourself on a field, things like that. Um, I definitely miss them. You know, um, what, what maybe, uh, you know, I kind of ask you this, and I know this is going to be a hard one, but is there any certain memory about being a Chippewa that, that really kind of stands out to you or, you know, a group of things, you know, what is it and what did it really mean to you about being a Chippewa? Yeah, the number one thing you know, was instilled kind of the day I got there as a freshman year. Just, I mean, our teams were tough. We didn't like we weren't these great record teams. You know, we went to bowl games and stuff, but when we played power five teams, tough. We played, like, we were physical. We ran the rock on people. Um, that kind of really sticks out. And the overall pride of the university is there. The tradition, you know, it's. It's cool to be a part of or a school or an organization or anything like that where, you know, they have past history to look on and standards kind of to be met. You know, you want you want to stand, um, you want to meet those standards and those goals that past teams and things have set. And that's something cool about, you know, Central Michigan, you know, a lot of strong history in the MAC and even being like ranked as a team and things like that. Yeah, I got to tell you, you guys, uh, you know, that I, I know that. Um, coming in there new, one of the things we did is is really go back and study the past and and really what made and what was the point of difference. And obviously having Coach Kramer come speak to our team, Coach DeRomedy come speak to our team, uh, you know, um, meant so much because it kind of looked at, at 
how it was built and what the foundation of success was. And, and obviously the coaches after them that, that really carried it forward. Um, that, that's, that's been a lot of fun. And I told the story, I think it was last week or the week before I, you know, you knew of all the players, even when I coached in the NFL that, that were from the Mac. Right. Um, but now you look at that pro wall that we have there. (laughs) I mean, wow. I mean, I, I, I didn't realize, Hey, that guy went here, you know, um, that's pretty cool to see. Don't you think? Yeah, it's real important, you know, especially, I mean, guys are future Hall of Famers in the NFL that they came from Central, and it's just good to have a program known for guys that come out and do their job tough and produces talent. You know, even NFL scouts look at the MAC and even Central specifically as, yeah, it's a good football program. That's probably the coolest thing about it. You know, in the NFL locker room, you're obviously with guys from different leagues and maybe some different uh, teams within the within the Mac, uh, those, 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 those Saturdays, I, I imagine there's a lot of talking going on between some of the different people who have rivalries, uh, from oh, yeah. their schools. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Saturdays, like before on the plane, people try and stream the games, things like that. I mean, everyone, everyone's tuned in, to, you know, whatever college they went to small or big, everyone's tuned in up, refreshing the score, trying to stream it. Uh, you know, if teams are playing together, you got a lot of those, like, Big Ten rivalry, SEC guys, you know, <clears throat> loving to see the competition between them. Hey, Coop, uh, I got to ask you, you know, speaking of guys that were in the MAC and specifically at CMU, when when you were picked up by the Cowboys when you first got in the league, Kayvon Frazier, one of your former teammates, was on that team, and uh, you guys shared a couple of years in Dallas. Uh, take us through what it was like to have a, a former teammate be your current teammate and uh, maybe how much easier it was to to bond together and, and follow along the Chippewas as you're playing in the NFL. Yeah, it came on was awesome. We came in together at Central. Uh, he didn't register, so he, was, he got out a year before. But, uh, so especially having him be around the organization for a little bit, a year, um, kind of you know, could show you the way a little bit. And it's just cool to have a fellowship that you played with before. And, you know, you're out of practice, and you see him out there in Cowboys uniform with safety, just like you saw him at a uh, Central Michigan jersey, and you're still like trying to throw routes on him, see what he's doing. It's all the same stuff. It's kind of funny. Well, I got to tell you this, Coop. Uh, you've made an unbelievable impression, and, and it's a credit to you and and really the way you handle your life and the things uh, you know your teammates. They they speak so highly of you, and, and obviously uh, you coming back and visiting a little bit uh, means so much to our current players and in our coaches and. I just want to say thanks to you for being a Chippewa, man. No, I, no, thanks to the program. It's always good to come back. I, I've been able to get back, I think, every summer so far. I like to uh, just go back, talk ball, see what's going on, things like that. It's fun to me. And, uh, you know, a lot of good stuff going on. I mean, I remember last OTAs, I, I went and I was like, this is not what our OTAs looked like. <laughs> it was, <laughs> you had those guys who were full-blown practice. They're running themselves. Pretty impressive. Uh yeah. So it's a good thing going. Well, I, I tell you what, I enjoyed walking into the indoor and seeing you, you and Charlie Fry, um, you know, actually uh, working a little bit. I, I thought that was uh, that was really cool, and and I know Charlie really enjoyed that as well. Yeah, he was great. Awesome day to spend with him. You know, obviously he's played at all the levels. He's coached. He tons of knowledge. Game from the day. It was fun to watch him run the offense this year. And, I know those, just you could watch those QBs are all coached. 
yeah, he, he does a fantastic job and, you know, we're just really fortunate to have a great staff and, uh, but you know what credit, credit president Davies and, and our athletic director, Michael Alford for, you know, being able to put that together. It's, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. And as you know, central Michigan and Mount Pleasant is actually a great place to be the people, uh, the kids, uh, man, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's something that I know you'll remember forever. Yeah, definitely. You know, I was fortunate and going to keep coming back and see, keep seeing what it looks like and keep throwing on the Chippewas. Well, get back and start helping our quarterbacks a little bit, will you? All right. When this thing breaks um, and uh, uh, we love to have you around as we do all the former players and just know this, the door is always open. And, and uh, when we do get it open, uh, feel free to come work out anytime if you're ever in the area. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. I, I'll try to make it out in the summer for sure. All right. That'd be great. All right. Well, Coop, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, best of luck as you get ready to try and have this wedding here and get ready to compete with the, the new guys on your new team. We appreciate you stopping in. We know you're a busy guy. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was awesome. All right, Coop. Now, now the fact you got through this, I think that New York media is going to be easy <laughs> on you. All right. You good? Sure. All right. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks so much to to Cooper Rush for coming on, Coach. He's he's going through a lot right now with a uh, planning a potential wedding and, and trying to manage the differences now that they're dealing with him and his fiance with the COVID nineteen. And then you know you alluded to it, getting ready for that New York media and moving teams and uh, dealing with that heat still because he's still down in Dallas right now. So he's got a lot going on. We appreciate him taking the time to come on this week with us. No, I tell you, it's great, and I just love the, the you know, talking to those guys that, that you know, have, have really, you know, put their heart and soul into Central Michigan, and then seeing what they're doing at the next level, I think it's 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 outstanding for all of us. You know, we we actually enjoy we, you know, we open up our our locker rooms and and whatever we can do for those former players and give them a place in the summers, um, you know, when we are open. Uh, to be able to come back and, and spend some time. And, you know, he specifically came back, worked with a little bit with Charlie and alluded to watching our players uh, over the summer and, and how hard they worked in our OTAs. It's great for us and our program to get some of these former players back and more than anything, just welcome them back, you know, um, because it gives them a place to go that's familiar, comfortable, and they know they can get some work done as they prepare for their own season. So that, that that's a real positive when those former chips come back. Yeah, and especially for Coop to come back and get that perspective from uh, Coach Fry. I mean, two guys that competed at a high level in the Mid-American Conference at the quarterback position, Charlie Fry at Akron, of course, Coop here at CMU. And, and like you said, you know, to be able to – to insert some of their knowledge that they have now from when they were at CMU. And, you know, most of those guys or all of the guys that are on your team right now have aspirations to get to the next level in the NFL. And, you know, Cooper Rush and some of those other Chippewas and Tyler Conklin that, that's in the league as well, they can pass along that advice, which is huge for, for those young guys trying to make it as well. No, it's, it really is. And, you know what, it just it's, it's great to know that they – had such a great experience as, as student athletes at Central Michigan University that, you know, they, they want to come back. I think that that's, that's something that's real special. 
you know, the other reason they got to come back, Coach, he said it. He, he's got to come back to Mount Pleasant to check out all the, the new things and, and what it's looking like. And I tell you what, I, I told you I've been running on campus. Uh, yeah. That that building, it's coming along. It, it's looking more and more filled up in there. And, you know, I, I ran by the, the south end of the stadium, and it's cool to – to be down there and just look and you can see the building kind of take shape over the cement sidewalk right there. It just, it's starting to come along. Well, it's going to be a great place and in a place that we need to continue to win Uh, that, that, you know, um, I just can't tell you how important that is, you know, to make it a home field advantage. And I know they're putting the glass in and, and uh, you know, it's really taking shape. So there's, there's real excitement uh, as we move forward to this next season and, can't wait to get going with our guys and and uh you know it's just you know you're talking about that 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 run through campus that you're doing i think one of the things that's actually hurting us a little bit is without having our official visits our campus is is beautiful as you said you know it's it's you're able to get around and yet everything is really nice you know our ground crew does such a great job there and and uh you know just it's it's a great place to be and a great place to call home. Yeah, it really is, and the weather's turning, which is nice. You, you know about, uh, unfortunately, Coach, you got hired right during the, the tough winters, but uh, it turns around, right? It redeems itself in the fall and in the summer up here. It's really nice. Well, there's a reason we have an indoor. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no question. Well, Coach, we're going uh, to be stubborn again now, you and Tyler Conklin gave it away last week, said Cooper Rush is coming on, but we're going to go back to teasing this week, and uh, I think you are talking about we're going to bring on uh, someone from your past that's involved with college football, see if we can get one of those guys to come on and, and join us on the podcast next week. Yeah, I, I, I messed up, but you got after me last week when we you know, <laughs> kind of gave out the secrets. So, yeah, I guess I better keep it in-house, right? Uh, but, uh, no, it should be fun, and I think it would be great for – you know, just, just uh, you know, our fans and, and the people that listen to the podcast, just, uh, you know, talking some other stuff and, and just kind of the way other people are handling some things, too. Yeah, there's no doubt. It, it's not just uh, your your program or, or you or me that's going through this COVID. Everybody in the country right now is going through it. So it's certainly unique to bounce some ideas, get some perspectives from other people that are going through this yeah. as well. So that's going to be really fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. And uh you know, hopefully we just keep gaining some, you know, some people listening because uh, I know this. I, I look forward to this hour and, and being on with you and and being able to visit, you know, with other people. And, and uh, man, it's it's been great. So let's uh, let's keep this thing going next week, huh? Yeah, absolutely, Coach. As always, thanks so much for for coming on with us. We appreciate your time and looking forward to chatting again next week. Really appreciate it, Adam, and uh, you do a great job of watching those soccer, uh, <laughs> that, 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 the Germany soccer. The Bundesliga. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, go ahead. If, if you don't mind, I probably won't watch that. Okay. But um, at the same time, uh, enjoy it. And, and I love to hear that, you know, that study of Dick Enberg, you know, one yeah. of the Chippewa greats, man. That That is really cool. And, you know, I kind of – my wife and I had a – fortune to you know go to college and hang out with a guy by the name of Colin Cowherd so it's always fun to listen to him uh you know on his broadcasts as well and it and you kind of look back and go wow look at that guy you know he doesn't have he doesn't have much of an opinion though does he 
Oh, well, that, that, that's one thing. He, he, he's not shy about understanding <laughs> uh, what, what it is to get uh, listenership, whether they believe it or, or like it or not. You know, he, he's, uh, he's one of those guys. And yet, I'm going to tell you this, you know, those guys at that level, uh, the way they study, you know, and, and really have things to back up what they're talking about, you know, um, no matter what side of the fence it might be, uh, it, it's fascinating to see those guys work. That, uh, that may have to be a future pod. We may have to ask you some questions of what a Jim McElwain and Colin Cowherd dorm was like back in, uh, back in the college days. Well, you know, I, I, it's, it's whatever was on sale. Right? <laughs> That's there right. was a lot of money back then. So. Well, thanks, Coach. We're looking forward to next week. Have a good weekend and uh, fire up chips, all right? All right. Fire up, Adam, and thanks so much. Have a good one.